welcome to the Community Rewatch Podcast. I'm Jen, your host through all things Greendale, and today we have a really fun episode for you. We are breaking away from our normal, traditional rewatch episodes, but we're going to talk about some of the people that we often forget were guest stars on Community. So we're talking about random, notable guest stars today. And you might have noticed that I said we, and that's because I have a very special guest on my episode today, Lexi. Hi. (laughs) Welcome. Um, Before we launch into everything, since this isn't a traditional rewatch episode, we usually have our community quote of the episode. It's not going to be from the episode we will talk primarily about, but it is from an episode with a guest star. So if you all recall, in season one, after American Idol, but before Smash, Catherine McPhee was on Community for a hot minute. Um, and she's in an episode called Basic Genealogy. So that is where my favorite quote comes from, which is Jeff saying to Annie, you're becoming dangerous, Annie. It's those doe eyes. Disappointing you is like choking the little mermaid with a bike chain. And I don't know why. It's always my favorite quote from Jeff, probably in most of like season one. Well, the um, thing is that when you look Look at Allison Bree's face. It's absolutely yes. true. You just don't want to disappoint her, and she looks like a no. Disney princess. The way, too, that they framed that scene where she's just kind of looking up, you're like, oh my gosh, your eyes are so huge. They are Disney princess mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So... Before we get into our uh, community guest star discussion, Lexi, why don't you, uh, I always like asking this question first because I like hearing about people's journeys. So why, what is your community journey? Like, how did you find the show? How did you fall in love with it? Um, I found the show because I went to a community college and I heard they're having a sitcom on Thursday nights about community college and I knew I owed it to myself to watch. Um... (laughs) And at the time, I was getting into uh, television studies academia. I had been working on a project um, on Buffy the Vampire Slayer and whether or not, as a show, it uh, led people to have more feminist beliefs. Um, Hmm. So I was working on that. And then I leveraged that to get into a really prestigious um, uh, scholarship program, uh, the Ronald E. McNair program, which is a national program to um, diversify the professoriate by um, investing in uh, underrepresented and first-generation college students who want to go on to get doctoral degrees. So I got into this prestigious program that had a heck of a lot of grant money, and (laughs) that was probably the best thing that has ever happened to me because they wanted to invest in me, and I wanted to investigate community. Um, around the, I believe this was around season three, they had the art show where I know, um, Julietta yeah, was yeah. in the little doctor documentary about it. Yeah. And so I, and I was already very interested in community fandom because I found it to be something very, very, uh, unique in that it mm-hmm. was, it wasn't, um, a lot of times in fandom, it's very gendered where you have one group of fans who are really into the shipping and another group of fans. Like yeah. that's how I would categorize the Arrow fandom. It's very, very gendered. You have the male comic fans and the female shippers. Um, But community, it felt like everybody was invested in everything. And it was just kind of like a come as you are um, community, to be honest, where everybody (laughs) just accepted it. And but they they just all accepted that they were smarter than the normal person because they were were invested in this really (laughs) smart show. Yes. Um, 
this was around the time when we had the Bang Bang Theory on television. And when you compare uh-huh. it to community, it's just like the um, the amount of intelligence <sighs> that went into the went into the show and the just yeah. how smart it treated its audience was very special. Yeah. Um, so from the documentary on the art show that they did to promote the show. Um, I met Dr. Suzanne Scott. She was interviewed in the documentary, and she became my academic um, advisor. And I decided to do an entire project based purely on the community fandom. Um, Because I was in a well-funded grant program, I was able to fly down to Los Angeles and make contact with Dan Harmon and Andy Bobro and Yvette Nicole Brown and interview them. Um, which was like the coolest thing I've ever done. Um, I interviewed Dan Harmon and I found out about five days before the news broke that he was coming back for season five. Um, so he's like, don't tell anyone, (laughs) but I I did have one friend who I spoiled it for her. We all have that one friend. We have to tell that too. I had to tell Annie, so I had to tell her, let her know. Um, but I got to interview Dan Harmon, and I interviewed Andy Bobro. Um, nice. And they funded me to go to two Communicons, so I flew down oh. from Monterey and got to go to that and just meet everybody. And it was at one of the Communicons that I realized everybody's on Twitter. I need to get on top of this. And yeah. so I have most of my original Twitter friends are community people. Um, yeah, same. <laughs> yeah, so I, that's where I met most everybody, and... Um, I just, I did a lot of projects looking at the shippers. Um, yeah. I, I kind of specific, uh, got to more of a specific, uh, little niche of, uh, fan and television studies where I, that I didn't feel was examined enough where I, hmm. where, which was, um, uh, heterosexual shipping on sitcoms. Mm-hmm. Which I know it sounds like a lot, but there's, there's a lot of work done on, um, uh, supernatural and the slash shipping and like mm-hmm. going back to the early days of fandom, you have the block yeah. shippers and that's been examined a lot in fan studies, but I, they didn't, they, they didn't really examine heter. I don't know why it's probably because it's less interesting, but they didn't yeah. examine the heterosexual shippers as often. And huh. so I kind of positioned myself as this advocate for shippers. And yeah. so I focused my work and I did it on Jeff and Annie Nice. And the conflicts that come up with shipping and uh, my big talking point or story that broke out was that one time Andy Bobro called us all pathological. <laughs> yes, yes. So, Never forget. Yes, Never yes. forget. We wore Around, that thing like a badge. <laughs> oh, he wore it too. He loved it. I know. I know, <laughs> I know what happened is um, uh, they had that situation, but... Around mm. this was around 2013, and at that time, mm-hmm. shipping hadn't gone mainstream. It was still yeah. primarily a fandom thing. I mean, I know now that Entertainment Weekly and Entertainment Tonight and yeah. TV Guide all have their own like um, shipping journalists who's like on that. the shipping mm-hmm. scene and everything. But back then, a lot of TV writers and TV producers didn't know what this was. They yeah. may have maybe heard about Kirk Spock at some point in their lives, but they didn't know what these fans were yeah. doing and why they so desperately wanted Jeff and Annie together. 
Yeah. Um, or if they so, did, that they assumed that they were all like 12 year old girls who were yes, just interested exactly, in this. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. um, I introduced the concept to, uh, Dan Harmon and then to Andy Bobro and I, uh, explained the situation about pathological. And I used to have a storify with all the tweets that went down in that couple. <laughs> Uh, um, I'm sure mine is in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, somewhere. Uh, so, but and, and Andy really appreciated mm. uh, understanding what he did wrong, and he responded really well yeah. to the point where he himself was wearing one of those pathological buttons. Yes, yes, so yeah. That's my big contribution to community. Nice. Um, was introducing shipping. Um, so when I presented my uh, work at three different conferences and. Um, yeah, so it was a very successful, and it got me into yeah. USC's Master uh, uh, Master of Arts Film Studies program. Nice, and that's so I, cool. Um, didn't go, but that's another story. It's uh, <laughs> another fun story that I don't know. I, there yeah. might be some crossover for that story, but let's focus on community. Yes. <laughs> well, that's that's such a cool, like, just such a cool story. Also, because of the fact that. I think that the show lended itself to that. The fact that community lended itself to having such a, a, like a passion and also so deep that you could be able to like mine. There, there was gems. a lot of meat on the bones. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not one of those shows where you're like, Oh, I couldn't write, you know, a hundred words about this. You're like, I could write like thousands of words about mm -hmm. the importance of so many different things so that's really really cool and exciting that you got the opportunity to do that and I remember I think one of like the first things I feel like I remember from our conversations is like that Yvette was just so kind to you and that's also something that like I've talked about before in, in I podcasts. would follow Yvette like, anywhere <laughs> is uh, that like these the people in front of the scenes and behind the scenes I feel like on this show it's just unparalleled to me how the, the level of kindness and going out of their way to to be um you know to, to interact just, with fans yeah, and show yeah, their yeah. appreciation I know yes. Andy Barbara would tell me that when they would be in the writer's room and they'd be rushing but it was a day that they had that the show was on they would at five o'clock when it would air in on the east coast they would switch to a twitter mm -hmm. feed on their um <laughs> on their uh on their PowerPoint thing yeah. and they would just watch the tweets come in talking about it and laughing at yeah. the jokes. And that was kind of their pick me up for whenever like NBC was getting them down is they just read yeah. the tweets that the fans were giving. And that yeah. kind of just made everything worth it. Yeah, that's so true. Well, and also Andy, I loved the, the, on on Friday mornings, it would always be ratings junk food, uh, to see how poor, how poorly or good we did the night before mm -hmm. in terms yep. of rating. And I remember that was always his thing that he would treat tweet is like ratings junk hashtag ratings junk food. Um, but yeah, that's so awesome. It's so cool that the show has lended itself to so many open doors for so many people. Um, mm -hmm. and I think that that's what part of what makes it so special. Um, well, since we are talking about guest stars today, I'm really excited because I love how many random people have made appearances either short term or long term in this show. So my first our first topic of conversation is uh, who have been some of your favorite guest stars in the show? Um, I would have to say one that left a impression was a recurring guest star, which was John Goodman in season three. Yeah. Um, a lot of times when you have, um, we're going to get a little bit theoretical here. A lot of times when you <laughs> have a guest star in a sitcom, it's, um, a meta commentary 
on that actor as a person and his role in coming on to this sitcom and look how funny we got Jack Black on this TV show and yeah. he, Jack Black is playing Jack Black. <laughs> I mean, his name was Buddy, 100%. but you know, he was, that was Jack Black be just being himself. Yes. And so you have, so that's a lot the case with a lot of um, guest stars. I know like, um, uh, Nathan Fillion was basically mm-hmm. playing nice guy, Nathan Fillion, when he yep. came in season five. Um, and I think John Oliver was always playing John Oliver. <laughs> it was, we just loved the, John Oliver. The amount of times I forget that John Oliver is in this show is astounding. And the fact that they also make reference to the fact in season four, like, hey, we haven't seen him in a while. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, what yeah. happened? But yeah, he basically is John Oliver. Um but in, in the case of John Goodman, he was playing a villain that you know is not John Goodman. He was, mm-hmm. he was a character, and he just threw everything he had at that character. He was just pure evil. He wanted to make a Troy uh, air conditioning repairman if he had no choice, and just terrorizing the dean and doing all these very villainous things. And it was John Goodman's first uh time back on tv since the days of roseanne so he there was something Mm. special about it it's like we're we're getting this actor who has become a lion of acting he's in all the coen brothers movies and uh does red carpets and all these uh very prestigious films but he's coming back to tv for community and that was something very special i think yeah yeah i agree um he's just he has such like an interesting arc in terms of the way that he's a villain and also has these kind of like really genuine heartfelt moments with Troy. Um, and mm-hmm. also the comedy is very subtle, but I think that it works super well for him to be this intimidating kind of villainous presence, but then to have these little like silly moments where he's, you know, wearing pajamas and like crawls mm-hmm. away from a scene in the pillows and blankets episode. Um, so it's just, it is such a, a departure, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I feel like for me, some of my favorite, my favorite ones are like slight departures, but very in line with the kind of acting that really sells them. I talked about this in the Christmas episode, but Taryn Killam, I absolutely adore. And I love that he was in the quote unquote glee episode of community. Um, so he's, that's still one of my favorite random guest stars. Um, we're going to talk about him later, but obviously Jack Black being Buddy. Uh, it has my favorite, that episode, Investigative, Journal, Investigative Journalism, has my favorite, um, probably my favorite moment that still makes me laugh out loud, which is when Buddy interrupts the flow of the the title card. And then they go um, into the, the yeah. opening credits. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't, but, I'm just like, that's such a subtle joke, but it works so well for me. And that's uh, the kind of really, really smart joke that the audience of Community caught yes. and they laughed about. And yes. it's still so funny, but it's it does take a level of intelligence to realize yeah. it, it's not a, like... Um, joke punchline joke punchline it it takes a a level of sophistication to appreciate yeah I agree um so obviously he's one of my favorites and then I love me some Tony Hale guest starring in beginner pottery I think his guest star was like 
perfect in the amount and the hilarity. Um, I used to quote a, a line from that episode where I would just say, hello, my precious blueberries quite often. I don't, mm-hmm. I just love mm-hmm. that. Um, and I think that he just did really well, but he's also, it's very in line with what you would expect from like a Tony Hale guest starring mm-hmm. arc on community or mm-hmm. episode really. Cause it's not an arc. Um, and so I loved that. Uh, and I think that Brie Larson, is fantabulous and I wish that she would have been around more but also you know she had to go on and do important things like Captain Marvel and Room and And win an Oscar I do remember remember when she won that Oscar I sent out a tweet Abed's girlfriend has an Oscar (laughs) it's so great and also because of the fact that this was I don't remember what at what point we said it in this uh in the previous or an episode that I did with Chelsea and Jamie, but Chelsea telling us that, uh, you know, Brie Larson was originally like auditioned for Annie. And I'm like, imagine how different the show would be if that was the case. But mm-hmm. I do love, I do love her little random, um, kind of appearances. Cause I feel like she fit in pretty seamlessly with the tone of the show without yes. being excessive or over the top. Abed. I mean, yes. Abed is a very special character and to be able to mold yourself where you really appreciate this relationship especially in season four, it it takes, it takes a pro to do that. And she is a pro. Well, and we're already kind of talking about our next question, which is like what guest stars kind of fit most seamlessly into the tone of the show. And I feel like the people who, um, kind of just understood the, like Brie Larson, like she fit, she, the way that she, portrayed her character the way that she interacted with Danny Pudi's character it just worked it clicked you're like oh I can believe for 110 percent that she is a character in this universe um and I think that that was what really like sells guest stars because a lot Mm -hmm. of times you feel like um you know we'll talk about this probably a little later on like stunt casting and just kind of throwing people in just because you need to fill space and um, speaking of uh the big bang theory (laughs) Yes. Sorry. I just had to (laughs) shudder really bad. Yeah. No. And I feel like it's a very common, a very common thing to do for people to garner interest in a show or an episode that they wouldn't normally be interested in. But I like that for, for a lot of the beginning of the show, I have, I have thoughts and feelings about the, toward the end of the show about kind of the barrage of guest stars and one-off characters that we were getting. Um, but I think that in the, especially in a lot of season one, where a lot of these guest stars are coming, like Catherine McPhee and Jack Black and Owen Wilson and Tony Hale, it, it didn't feel excessive. Um, also because a lot of times they were playing like professors or people who went to Greendale. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you had Martin Starr and you're like, I a hundred percent believe that Martin Starr is a professor at Greendale. <laughs> like oh, yeah. just the way, exactly. just the way that he, per- he portrayed that episode is like, yes, he uh, definitely exists here without when us knowing. When you watch um, Freaks and Geeks, you realize that Haverford is going to grow up and be a community college professor. <laughs> That's who that yes. character is. And it goes back to 1999 when Martin Smart a star was a kid and you can just see that's a trajectory that's how that's who he grew up to be yeah yeah so I feel like some of the best like guest stars on the show were the ones that you were like okay this is believable this doesn't just feel like this is 
Brie Larson in an episode. It feels like, oh, this is this is our our coat check girl, and of course she would be here, and of course she would react this way to Abed because, of course, the school knows like the, who these people are at this point. So I feel like a lot of times with guest stars, people just kind of place them in very random roles, or they place them being themselves, which isn't always bad. But sometimes when you don't really have a purpose for your guest star, it, that can go off the rails pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I think a lot some of, of the go ahead. I, I feel like a lot of the guest stars really did kind of blend into the community college atmosphere that they had as as far as like these kind of zany, quirky, weird people that you just believed existed at Greendale. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say that I think the ones that uh, stood out as maybe not fitting as much, but I think they weren't intended to fit as much were the professors of the whatever class we're studying that year. We had yeah. um, we had Chang the first year, and then we had two mm-hmm. episodes of Betty White as the anthropology oh, professor. Oh, yes. Yep. Um, and this is when Betty White was so big, they argued to have her host SNL at age 80-something. Yep. And so, and then, of course, we had Betty White doing her rap with Abed mm-hmm. and um, Troy. Um, and then in year three, we had... Um, Oh, uh, what was his Mike, Michael Kenneth Williams, who was Omar mm-hmm. on the wire. And yep. it's like, all of a sudden we have a character from the wire in community and that's what it felt like. And it was jarring, <laughs> yeah. but I think it was supposed to be jarring. Cause it's like, yeah. all of a sudden we're just being really, really serious and talking about prison yeah. and criminal justice. And yeah. so I liked that. Um, and I also liked that someone who would be a badass like Omar would come and play this, uh, biology professor who found the little uh the little thing growing in his prison cell and that's what led him to be a biology professor yeah and then uh season four we had malcolm mcdowell who we going back oh, to yeah. that um, meta feeling of mm-hmm. um guest stars is we can't wa- look at malcolm mcdowell without thinking of clockwork orange and yeah. so you kind of have that subtext going over season four and you can tell that they really tried, they tried hard in season four. They, they mm-hmm. did make an effort. And I think that's owed to the writers who were yeah. still there, like Megan and Andy. So, yeah. so those kinds of, I think they were, they were in most cases more jarring, but I think they were supposed to be a little bit jarring. It's, it was supposed to yeah. be not quite a fit. And yeah. I kind of like that. Well, and then you had, yeah, and then you had Jonathan Banks in the show, and then yeah, you and had you at the very end. Yeah, and you can't think of Jonathan Banks without Breaking Bad. So, of course, Breaking we bad, have a Breaking yeah. Bad character in Community, Yeah, and he's playing yeah. his Breaking Bad character. Yeah, and then you had at the very end, obviously, you had Paget Paget Brewster, who I can never just look at her and think anything other than Criminal Minds, but it was a very mm-hmm. different kind of character for her. But I feel like toward the end, they started... Um, you know, like, we'll talk about this probably in a little bit. I felt like they started to try and fill the void of the lack of, like, uh, main cast with some of guest starring roles. And I think that to some degree it worked and to some degree it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I really, what actually spurred this whole conversation or thought of a conversation was because I was watching, a rewatch, in my rewatch, I hit investigative journalism. And every single time I think, oh, yeah. Jack Black is in this show for a minute. And, oh yeah, for like probably a solid 30 seconds, Owen Wilson is at this uh, Mm -hmm. community college. And that is one where I'm like, you are not a student, you are Owen Wilson. (laughs) Like, I can't... That one I can't wrap my head around. (laughs) 
Um, it, but, but it was the perfect it, tag to an episode in yes. which Jack Black is trying to integrate himself into the study group, and all of a sudden you have Owen Wilson there, and it's like, of course Jack yeah. Black's going to go with Owen Wilson and Starburns, and then the cute Asian girl, and of course they're yes. the cool study group. Well, of course they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but since we're going to talk about investigative journalism, just a real quick plot recap for you friends out there. So it's um, after winter break, and... Uh, Everyone is back, and by everyone, we mean there's an extra person who's decided to join the study group, and it's this guy named Buddy, and no one really knows this guy. He's in their Spanish class, but he wants to integrate into the group, and Jeff has decided to be chill this semester. He's like, semester before, I was really uptight, and uh, this year, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it easy, so he decides to do that, which means that Buddy becomes a part of the study group. Um, And a lot of other things happen in this episode in terms of uh, Jeff being tasked with being the editor-in-chief of the school newspaper, and that leads to him and Annie butting heads. And then eventually Jeff kind of breaks because ain't no way he can play the cool guy forever. Um, And so there's a lot of MASH references in this episode. Um, And also just a whole lot of Jack Black. And like you said, Jack Black is essentially playing Jack Black. Uh, his character is named Buddy, but the kind of comedic vibe they're going for with Buddy is 100% Jack Black's real vibe. Um, yeah, so there's uh, kind of some conflict among the study group, and then eventually Buddy decides that he is going to join the cool study group, which, as you said, consists of Owen Wilson and Starburns and another random girl who we never see again. Uh, and yeah, so, so this is kind of the... Uh, the episode that I always forget, they had a really, obviously, Jack Black is a big name. Um, so what were, what are your thoughts on how this kind of guest starring role worked on a plot plot level, uh, a guest star level? What are your thoughts? Um, it was a bit of a meta joke because we all know Jack Black is playing Jack Black. Um, mm-hmm. So that was one of the jokes that we see. Um, he sings a song, he does his high kick, and yes. um, this is Jeff also the, the show where we got the uh, Annie is young, we don't sexualize her joke. <laughs> yes. Um, yep. and, and the group feels put upon to try and include Buddy, and then they Buddy gets kind of intense mm-hmm. on them. And yeah. so as, as the um, engine for working the plot of the episode, Jack Black works perfectly. Mm-hmm. And it, he works perfectly as Jack Black. Yeah. So I thought yeah. it was um, a good integration. And this is also the first episode coming back from their winter hiatus. So having mm-hmm. a guest star in that ap- episode and having him just kind of show up there without a big announcement um, was yeah. the kind of thing community would do when it's coming back from hiatus is just yeah. throw that at you and wait and see for you to see what happens. Yeah, I agree. That's one of the fun things is that like this, um, this a hundred percent did feel like, I believe that this is Jack Black just doing what he does and that he's some slacker student named Buddy who can't remember whether or not, you know, and they <laughs> having him in the quote unquote background of the episodes, the the first half of the season and being like, no, I, I've seen you guys grow and I've watched you become friends. And then like him being like, uh, you know, recounting a daydream that he had and then them being like him being like, yeah, I sleep a lot in class. It's like, I, I believe that, like, I believe mm-hmm. that you would be, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. would be here and that, that would be happening. Um, but yeah, it's, it's real fun because he plays this very, um, 
the kind of character that based on what we know up until that point to be true about Greendale and after this point, like you're like, oh, I I 100% believe he would be at Greendale. And the enthusiasm and zeal with which he watches um, and wants to be part of the study group is something that comes back a lot later on in later seasons is that this thread of like everyone at Greendale knows these study, this study group, like they're a group and either they want to be part of them or as in later seasons, everyone hates them. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just like the fact that he is one of the first kind of characters to mention that, that like, oh, you guys are known as like a group. I've watched you grow and evolve. So it's another meta commentary on the fact that we're watching them grow and evolve. Um, I also think that this is the first episode that has a Britta is the worst joke. Oh, is it? It says, um, yes, we have uh, Jeff trying to be nonchalant and saying, uh, don't ask me, dealing with problems ain't my job no more. Uh, my new job is hanging out, having fun, and cracking wise. Cracking wise. And Britta goes, oh, that must be nice. Suppose I decide that's my job. And everybody just laughs because that could oh, not be something yeah. Britta does. And that's so I, true. Um, Britta is the worst is probably one of my favorite um, character developments in any TV series because she has so much heart and mm-hmm. I love her so much. She tries so hard, but she just yeah. keeps on failing. And because she keeps on failing, that's why I love her. Yeah. And so that's significant for me to know. Yeah. And you're, you're right. One of the things I, I will rewatch it again before I do a, a podcast about this, but I'm going to, uh, we're going to talk about the science of illusion. Um, and that's one of the, the first full on instances where the whole thing, thread of that episode is that Britta is a ruiner and Britta is the worst. And like that culmination of her at the end of the episode is so, it's so beautiful and lovely. I have such a soft spot for Britta. Annie will always be my favorite, but I love Britta and I love Shirley for very different reasons. And I love that Britta. Here's the way I see it. I am an Annie. I'm an Annie (laughs) who wants to be a Britta and will someday be a Shirley. Oh, I like that. that. That's how I see my life. Yeah, I like that. Well, and I think that it's just so important that you see um, how much heart she has early on, because I I have a lot of uh, we could talk and we will at some point. I keep promising people we talk. I will talk for hours about the female characters on the show. But Britta really does have such an earnestness. And um, she is the the heart of the group. She's why the group, you know, contrary to popular, uh, you know, belief or opinion, like Abed invited everyone. Jeff is the quote unquote leader, but Britta is really the one who like protected the whole group from Jeff from the get go. So Mm -hmm. there's something, there's something very special and endearing about her. And yes, in this episode, it's, it's really fun to watch all the different characters in this episode kind of deal with, um, deal with outsiders and like, how do they react to that? Because it's fun to watch them kind of dissolve, uh, in like how much they're like, Jeff, put a stop to this. Um, Mm. and Jeff, again, uh, one of my favorite things in this episode is, uh, Buddy basically calling out Jeff for the, the puppet master that he is. And then Jeff doing that whole, uh, little silence gesture and everyone quiets, Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, I think that's, it was a really good use of Jack Black because he's over the top and zany, but also in contrast to someone who is, is as controlling and, you know, needing everyone to look at him as the leader. It's perfect for Jeff to have someone like Buddy come into the group who is just very awkward and over the top. I mean, he like 
you know, sings them all a song. Um, and Mm -hmm. you know, that's, it's, it makes them lemons, you know, lemon squares or bars. Uh, and so I think that it was really fun to see, uh, kind of that contrast, uh, Mm -hmm. especially because we all know that the study group is crazy, but when confronted with a different kind of crazy, they all insist that they're sane and like a normal Mm -hmm. study group. Um, also, is this the episode? No, maybe it's later. Or is this the episode where Shirley mentions her friend Gary? Um, yeah. No, wait. Yes. Okay. Yes. I can't remember. I was like, I love that random just joke that there's Gary and everyone hates Gary. Um, but I, yeah. So anyway, all of that to say, I think that Buddy worked, like you said, very well on a plot level for this episode specifically. Um so I was going down the IMDb page, and I think I realized my favorite, uh, the all-time favorite guest star. Okay, you ready for this? Oh, yeah. It was yes. Josh Holloway as the Black Rider in <gasps> yes. uh, Fistful of Paintballs. Yes. Because this he was just... a lo- lost, pretty much lost community. Buffy and Arrow are the four shows that kind of made me who I am. And he is just coming off of Lost, and he shows up, and he's this cool Black Rider character. (laughs) And it was just, it was basically, I think they did that intentionally for me, because I am the Mm -hmm. one who will appreciate that joke and just (laughs) love it to death. So that, that I think, is my favorite uh, Uh, moment. I absolutely love it. And I love how intimidated Jeff is the whole time by, like, Mm -hmm. he's not more handsome than me, is he? And it's like... Uh, they're all like fawning over how handsome mm-hmm. he is, even Troy. Yes, yes. Um, and it, it just seems very, very plausible. Um, I, I think I almost put him on my list and then I forgot that he, I forgot to put him down for some reason. Um, I will say the one episode that features a guest star that I love, but I hate the episode and will, will therefore never watch it is Hilary Duff. I adore Hilary Duff. I do not like uh, the episode that she is in, which is aerodynamics of gender, um, just because I hate, like, the Mean Girls episode. I just, I don't like it. So I love Hilary Duff. Sorry, Hilary Duff. That was also the episode where we're on the Nazis trampoline. Yes, yes. And that was the episode where, I think, that is the right, that is that episode where, yeah, yeah, because the girls are doing, are trying to, you know, basically train Abed and, um, because, like, that's also part of my issue. It's like, okay, all the girls get a storyline. Okay, it's all about Abed. Um, and also, that's it's the, just That's the one cringy. where he tracks their period, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yes, yeah, yes, it is. It's, it's, this is a pre-Me <sighs> Too episode. You can kind of mm-hmm. tell. Yeah, there are certain episodes of this show that I just... It's, it's ironic that I... The episode that I love the most in this show is still probably remedial chaos theory. And it's written by Chris McKenna, obviously, but he also wrote the episode of the show that I loathe the most, which is the art of discourse. So FYI spoilers, we're not going to have an episode of this podcast where I talk about that episode because it would just be me saying, I'm not rewatching this episode next. Um, Mm -hmm. just because there's, you know, so many good, so many highs, so many lows. Um, but yeah, no, I can't, I can't bring myself to watch that episode, even though I love Hilary Duff and have, again, followed her career for the most part as I, as I can. Yeah. So back on investigative journalism, um, I actually like as a whole, not just in terms of the guest starring, I think because Jack Black's arc works so well, I actually really like kind of the pacing and storyline of this episode. And I think that Jack Black works really well in terms of, um, his character, 
helping the other characters grow because both Jeff and Annie kind of realize that their wrongness um, and Abed gets some really good moments in this episode too, which is really nice to be able to see those storylines kind of grow. It's kind of an homage to MASH where he makes mm-hmm. the Hawkeye joke all the time. and Yes. it's And you can tell how beloved MASH is and how mm-hmm. much it means to Abed. And that's kind of special too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I really, I really enjoy investigative journalism. It has, um, it has, it also has, for some inexplicable reason, I mean, I know it, the reasoning, but also them having uh, Jeff don <laughs> Hawaiian shirts and that the whole episode and that's like his chill vibe, I just think it's really funny. I will always, for, like, I always forget that he's basically just wearing really bright Hawaiian shirts this whole episode, pretending he's chill when he's not. Um, yeah. So did you have anything else about investigative journalism or Jack Black or the random appearance of Owen Wilson? <laughs> I, I, I just think that this was their first episode with a big guest star and having mm-hmm. Owen Wilson there for just like a split second where he's like, am I, am I seeing Owen Wilson? Is, is that yes. really <laughs> Owen Wilson? You're throwing <laughs> Owen Wilson at me after this. And that just kind of is, uh, tip of the hat to you because that was like a perfect ending for a community episode. Mm -hmm. It would be like having Adam Sandler guest star in an episode and then just randomly at the very end for like 30 seconds, Rob Schneider just kind of walks in the door and you're like, yeah, that makes sense. That tracks. Mm -hmm. I can see why Mm -hmm. that's, that's true. I feel like they're, you know, a package deal. Um, so it was really fun to just see cause you are kind of like, well, I already saw one really famous person right now. Mm-hmm. Am I seriously seeing another person? And yes, you are. And um, the fact that you got Owen Wilson, you're just going to have in the, him in there for five seconds, and that's yeah. the yes community would do that. Yes, and that's absolutely why we love it. they would. And that is why we love it. Um, so we kind of talked a little bit about this earlier. So as the season went on, obviously, when you started to have the departures of Troy and then Pierce and then Shirley, it felt like um, the show kind of added in more and more guest stars to make the show feel a little bit more complete. I'm even thinking of like analysis of corkboard networking and things like that from that point moving forward in season five it kind of felt like every other day I remember being on Twitter um and be like every other day there's like a new a new guest star is gonna come oh and we've got Paget and we've got this person and then we've got Nathan Fillion and then we've got Kumail and then we've got all these other random people um so reading it I was like is there anyone left in Hollywood that they haven't tried to get to be part of this show um but I kind of wanted to touch on like what what works and doesn't work when shows kind of lean on their guests for their plots? Because some of the guest stars that we've had in this show have been just ancillary. And some of them are plot, like, you know, related and centric. They are critical to that. Um, So I wanted to kind of hear what your thoughts were. I will tell you when it doesn't work, and I will just point to the entirety of the Big Bang Theory, <laughs> where they, any any kind of geek icon or fan person or someone who is famous in some way for being like a geeky icon, mm-hmm. they throw in there for a random reason, and you don't know why you have um, 
George Takei in there and it's like, what's George Takei yeah. doing? He's not doing anything specific. It's just George Takei there for them to make George yeah. Takei jokes. And just yeah. the way it's very inorganic. And mm-hmm. when it gets to that inorganic point, that's when it starts being a little bit, um, a little bit much like Buddy just was mm-hmm. seamlessly in there because it was their first chance to have a guest star. And yeah. the way they just kind of threw him in there as if he's all he'd always been in the study group or always been in the class mm-hmm. was perfectly done. Yeah. Um, and like you start to feel it a little bit with Nathan Fillion, but mm-hmm. it's Nathan Fillion. So you love him anyway. Yeah. But eventually yeah. it starts to get a little bit excessive where you're like, uh, I, I'd rather have more story about the core mm-hmm. uh, characters who are left uh, yeah. interacting together rather than throwing a random guest star in there for them to interact with. I, I yeah. want more uh, Annie and Britta. I want more Jeff and Abed. I want more. That's the core that we still have left. Mm-hmm. Um and we, they kind of went away from that. But it also has to do with the fact that by that time, by season two, Community was a legend in Hollywood, among the Hollywood press, because it was so clever and so beloved. And um, that it was like an inside joke that Hollywood all loved Community. And so yeah. everybody was willing to be on a, a guest star at Community, where it was an honor to be a guest star on Community. Um, yeah. because it, it was so beloved and, uh, and everybody kind of wanted to be a part of that. One of my favorite guest star things is where you have Mitch Hurwitz on, um, community and then you have yeah. Dan Harmon on Arrested Development and that yeah. kind of little pairing off was very, very fun. Um, and then you have the Cougar Town, uh, guest stars oh, yeah. where you see Busey mm-hmm. Phillips for, for like, like a five split seconds. second. Yeah. <laughs> and then oh, and yeah. when you watch Cougar Town and you see an Ovid's in the background for one scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yep. we have the Andre's um, My Dinner with Andre episode where mm-hmm. it's all about his experience being on the set of Cougar yeah. Town. Um, yeah. That, that just showed, those kind of were the ramping up why the show was so beloved and why any yeah. other actor, if they wanted, they asked them to be on Community, they'd be willing to come because it yeah. would just be a fun time. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's something that happens naturally when you become as beloved a show and have such a reputation as, um, having just such fan activism because community is not like nothing else out there. And just the yeah. fact that everybody loved it so much, um, made it, made it very, um, worthwhile showing up as a guest star. Yeah, I agree. And that's like the, the one thing too, with, you know, where it feels like this guest star is literally just a prop to like put in, um, that we need to fill some space. And I agree with you. I think that when I got toward the end of the show and seasons four and five, and definitely in season six, where I was like, well, we we don't have that many main people left. Like we only have a couple left and yet we're spending a whole episode focusing on some other side character that happens to be a guest star or like, oh, the core four is not interacting with each other because they're off interacting with some random guest star. Um, I think that that is where it kind of felt detrimental. And also 
it's it's fun because I like I enjoy walking that line of like the show has made reference to a person in real life, like in uh, geothermal escapism, how Chang's celebrity crush is Nathan Fillion, but then Nathan Fillion is also in the show as not Nathan Fillion, um, and like that happens with like New Girl with like uh, Taylor Swift, and then Taylor Swift actually is in New Girl at some point as some other character. So I always mm-hmm. think it's interesting of like, huh? I don't know how I feel sometimes. I feel like. I, d- I do enjoy those, and sometimes I don't enjoy when they don't make that meta-commentary. I feel like mm. uh, if any show had the right to make me- meta-commentary, like, you look like Nathan Fillion. Has ever, anyone ever told you that? That it would be this show. Um, but I do think, that, like, the, the times it's worked best is when, like, they're just a professor or they're just kind of hanging out. I think of, like, Eliza Coop being in the um, intro to political science, like that was a perfect use of a guest star. Like she interacts with Abed um, and then kind of the story still goes on. It's not hinging on this guest star, but she just kind of has this role and same thing with Brie Larson and gets to interact with, you know, Abed. And um, I think that like when the professors are casted well um, for their little kind of arcs or one-off storylines, I think that I always enjoy that because again, it's like, yeah, I a hundred percent believe that Taryn Killam and Tony Hale and Martin Starr, um, would just be random professors at the school. Cause it feels very on brand with their form of comedy and the way that mm-hmm. they've kind of been portrayed. And it allows the cast and the, the characters to interact with these people in an organic way, rather than kind of saying, Oh, I'm going to shoehorn in this random person for no reason. I mean, they were at a community college they had every right to just cast professors as you know these guest stars um and even like later on i know they did like that with like kumail and nathan in terms of like kind of working for the school um in different capacities Mm -hmm. but i think that i think that it really i think that it hindered the show later on because it was trying to fill spots that no guest star was going to ever be able to fill i mean you lost you lost a Troy, like, you know, Troy and obviously love, um, to Shirley. And, you know, even though there's tons of stories about, you know, how difficult Chevy was, he was still a presence on the show. So it's kind of like, okay, well, by the end of the show, they kind of tried to find people to replace those roles or fill in those roles. And one of the things I always kind of lamented was the fact that we had so many good characters still left. Like you were saying, we had the core four. Why didn't why didn't Annie and Britta get uh, use that time to go, you know what, we're going to build more relationships with these characters or like Britta and Abed or like, you know, having, like you said, a Jeff and Abed. I think that they had that opportunity. And I think that when they used guest stars, well, they leveraged them to help elevate the core characters. And when it wasn't done well, it was kind of as a don't look over here to see what you've lost. Look over here. Look at Nathan Fillion instead. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that you, community, like you said, community audiences were smart enough to not want that. Like, I think that any other show, probably, yeah, I could have just glazed past it. But I was like, oh, community, come on. You guys are better than this. You guys know that I'm better than this, too, as a fan of your show. So I think that that was kind of the line that it walked toward the end. Um yeah, and sometimes it did it well, sometimes it didn't do it so well. Um, I was just thinking about uh, two cases where we have guest stars playing themselves, um, mm. and it worked. Was first of all Louise Guzman, yeah, because like the first episode we see of Community, we realize they have a statue of Louise Guzman, so of course we're going to have him yes. at some point in the show. 
And I felt that Mm -hmm. was very earned. And the other one that just warms my heart to know just forever is LeVar Burton. Yes. When he would show up as Troy's hero and uh, set phasers (laughs) to love me and just. You can't disappoint um, a picture. (laughs) And, uh, and then for Troy's uh, farewell episode, Mm. how they wrote him off warmed me so much because. Yeah. You knew that Pierce would do this for Troy, to, for Troy mm-hmm. to go sail off with LeVar Burton, and they have yeah. the Come Sail Away playing. Ugh. And then I remember around that time, they were also doing a big Kickstarter for uh, to restart uh, Ra- uh, Reading Rainbow. Yeah, Reading Rainbow. And nice. one of the yeah. things they did was they had a, um, a podcast or a, a YouTube thing where they it, it was Donald Glover and LeVar Burton on a boat. <laughs> to promote reading rainbow and so they were they were reporting from above and so it it. continued that storyline as part of the kickstarter and i that i will never forget that i thought that was perfect i think that the integration of like um guest stars as themselves always works pretty well when it comes to to different shows and I think that LeVar Burton will just always be like oh yes of course and I'm so you know like I said I've told multiple people it's just a natural place to pick up for the movie I'm just saying he's been sailing around the world for a while so um but yeah I think that you're right like those those kind of moments they feel they feel earned and on par with what you know to be true about the show, especially because in the Troy departure, you bring back that recurring like love of LeVar Burton, which obviously Troy was obviously Pierce knew about that because that was brought up earlier with the documentary episode. And then you have the come sail away from sticks joke being brought back years and years later of like, why am I crying? Was I listening to come sail away by sticks again? Um, and so just the, the culmination of like everything making sense for all of the characters and for what we know to be true about the show. I think that's where guest stars really shine is when they help Mm -hmm. elevate, elevate and, and, um, enhance the tone of the show. They elevate the emotional stakes Mm -hmm. of the episode where you're you're feeling stronger emotions because this is LeVar Burton and we've talked about him before in the show and this is Troy's farewell. And it's things that would not have worked if it had been any other actor. No, agreed. And I think you're right. I think that's the most important thing is the, and I think a lot of shows, um, they don't prioritize the emotional component as much as they should. I think that the lack of emotional payoff happens. Yeah. I mean, there are other shows on, on, yes, but that's always the most evident to go at because it's true because they used a lot of, a lot of, um, prop kind of characters because they're like, we can use them. We have money. Um, but I think that when you don't have that emotional component to it and you just are adding people in just for the sake of like, well, I just want to have them in here. It's, it's a lot harder to connect and to connect the dots between like, why is this important to the characters on the show? Like, why does this even matter to the show long-term or how does this impact the people, the characters that I've come to know and love over the last couple of years? And if the answer is it doesn't really, then you can very evidently tell that it's, it's just casting for the sake of casting someone because they have a nice name Mm -hmm. um, or a nice title or a lot of followers. Uh, And so I think that, those kind of things are pretty evident. Um, I think some of the more subtle, like guest starring roles that just kind of happen um, and they're not touted as such. I always think about like um, 
the new girl episode where Gordon Ramsay is just in the episode as himself for Mm -hmm. a very brief moment. I think that that always, that works for me because it's like, yeah, I believe this. They're set in LA. So of course, Gordon Ramsay's a real person. And also he has a part to play in the emotional part of the story and in Jess, Jess's growth and development. So he helps bridge those gaps between like, why am I here? And also what is this character going to learn or, um, experience and apply from our interactions. So, um, I agree. The emotional component though, is something that I think a lot of shows, especially comedies, um, they need, they need to understand the importance of that because a joke for the sake of a joke or a cast for the sake of someone being cast, um, is not nearly as important to the majority of audiences. And especially in communities case that the sheer intelligence of the audience of people who are watching this show, and they will be able to sniff that out, that inauthenticity, and they will call you out on it. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I think that that's so important. Well, I think that we have covered a lot of community guest stars, and this isn't even all of the guest stars mm-hmm, that were on mm-hmm. this show. And we've covered a, a wide swath of all of the, across the seasons of all of the guest stars that we've had. Um, I think that for the most part, they really did uh, utilize them super well. And it was, it was really fun to see some of, uh, some famous faces on my favorite NBC comedy. Uh, but before we go, obviously... We have to ask the last question. And since this is a community rewatch podcast, the final question that we always like to ask our guests is what's something that you're currently rewatching or that you enjoy rewatching? So Lexi, what, what is the answer for you for that? Just think about this. Sorry. Um, <laughs> what's the thing i most recent. The thing is that there's so much TV right now that it's hard <sighs> to get a chance to rewatch something. Right. Because Cause you feel like you're constantly TV. behind coming back up um mm-hmm. one that I always can go back to whenever I I I just need something comforting is mm-hmm. I, I go I shuffle between Parks and Rec 30 Rock and The Office where nice. that'll be my comfort food watch and then I'll rewatch it through uh the whole thing and then I'll switch to the next show and just yep. continually cycle through them because there's something about those NBC sitcoms that mm-hmm. is warm and fuzzy and that you can always go back to that the jokes still um they the jokes still land and the emotional mm-hmm. punches still land i can still watch uh season 2 of uh the office and still feel every aching moment <sighs> of wanting jim and pam together i mean oh, i can no. rewatch that over and over Ugh. and over again because I'm so, so emotionally good. attached to them as characters. And so mm-hmm. um, it, it's that re- the rewatches that are comfort food are those shows. Yeah. Yeah. I agree 110%. I mean, I usually go through, it's usually parks is my go-to and then like new girl is my go-to. Um, I literally the other day was like, no, I can't rewatch New Girl again. I just rewatched it. Um, but gosh darn it, I will watch a random episode that I haven't seen in a while. Um, and I think that it's just, it is, you need those comfort kind of 
food TV shows, um, if you mm -hmm. will, because those are the ones that you can go to and you're like, ah, everything is right in the world. And I know how this is going to go. And I know that I'll still be invested. Like again, with, um, with Jim and Pam, I've wanted to rewatch, uh, the office from start to finish. I've, I've rewatched a bunch of different chunks and around like the holidays, I rewatch all of the holiday themed episodes. But since Jenna, uh, Fisher and Angela Kinsey have their office ladies podcast, it's really been like, I think I need to rewatch the office, uh, mm -hmm. cause they've been talking and they're in season two now. So it's like, uh, I should rewatch the office. Shouldn't I? Um, I did not know they had a podcast. So I think that's <gasps> going to be my so new great. thing is rewatching the office. My goodness. The podcast. They are a dang delight. Um, and Ken Jong was just actually on the podcast and, uh, Joel McHale crashed it a little bit, uh, for Angela Kinsey when they were talking about the, uh, there's an episode where Michael does improv and literally Ken Jong is just in it for, for that episode. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, office ladies is, they're so delightful. They really mm -hmm. are just so endearing and the office is such a good comfort TV show for me as well. So it's like, I, it's, it's amazing to think that there was a time when NBC had community, the office, mm -hmm. 30 rock and parks and rec all yeah. on the same night. I mean, those, I don't think I will see days. a lineup that good in a long time. And, and nope, the thing is that those, they weren't even doing must see TV. This was just their, their comedy, right? Done comedy mm -hmm. night done. Right. And yep. they're all just really loving shows. I mean, mm -hmm. that loved their characters that didn't make fun yeah. of them. And, yeah. um, that, that's something special about those four shows. Yeah, and I agree. He's a part of that. Yeah, and you want to you want to rewatch shows like that. I mean, I'm sure mm -hmm. that there are people who rewatch a bunch of like dramas and dark things, and that's if that has never been like my go to. Usually, I go to like I want to watch a sitcom, and after we wrap up this episode, I will probably go and rewatch some sort of thing like that. Like, oh, let me put on a a couple episodes of Parks and Rec, and it doesn't matter where I start because it still just makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. So, mm -hmm. um, I will say that I did try and rewatch Game of Thrones before the new show came out, but I just couldn't stand Joffrey. <laughs> I, I could not rewatch Joffrey. I'm sorry, I don't have that in me. You're like, I, no, I, I no. just gave up. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Well, Lexi, thank you so much for coming thank on for and talking me. about guest stars. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you are welcome back anytime and anytime you want to talk back. about stuff. Um, so I really appreciate you. Do you have anything you want to plug or like any vote for whoever? Um, just vote. Voting's good. Yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong with voting unless it's true. Okay, we're not. We're leaving. Okay, we're done. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, and right, uh, we'll see you guys again next Jen. week. <laughs> Thank right. you. Bye bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Community Rewatch podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you did, be sure to follow along with us wherever you get your podcasts, and. We're on Twitter. So follow us at, at COMM Rewatch Pod for general funness, for new episodes, and to maybe get some sneak peeks of what's to come. Many, many thanks to our editor, Chelsea Eichels, for putting together today's episode. And thanks to Maddie Shook for designing the key art for this podcast. Again, we're so glad to go back to Greendale with you. So thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Chelsea can 
cut that out if she wants to, because that's irrelevant. Hi, Chelsea. Um, <laughs> I always just like putting in little references here to like, hey, Chelsea, as you're listening to this, uh, have, have some fun. Sometimes she cuts my audio and puts it at the end of the episode. So Chelsea, <laughs> I'm giving you, giving you permission. Here's your sound bite. Put this at the end of the episode. <laughs> and back. No, dang it. Chelsea, edit it. <laughs> Man, I forget how many guest stars this show has. So, um, okay, Chelsea to pick back up. Um, wait, pause, Chelsea. I, I was not ready for this. So, hi, Chelsea. Um, and Chelsea, I will give you your cue now. Yeah, so in case you were wondering, that's me flooding your Twitter feed with Elizabeth Warren. Um, hi, Chelsea. Chelsea can pick it back up here. Chelsea's gonna have fun with this episode. This is the most I've had to like cut in the entire time that I've been doing the whole seven episodes of this.